If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into In Game Live right here on the weekend, a Sunday afternoon on the grid. I am Kevin Walsh. I am joined by George Kurtz. George, how are you doing? Kevin, it is oh happy day. I have power. Power has returned. Cool air is coming out of the ceiling. This is a good day. 115 hours. It came back about three and a half hours ago. All right. Well, look, that means we're off to uh a good start. That means it's a good start to the day. day. I'll tell you what, though, George. I don't know. You better buckle up and hope that power stays on. We might be on here until midnight tonight because I had a great show. That's we're coming in, feeling good about it. Show ended. Luck went away. Twins, terrible. Milwaukee Bucks live. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that one. Not good. Frustrating. So, George, buckle in. We might be here. Alex, Sean, we might be here for a long time. If the bets keep coming in on the show, how did the day finish up for you, George? Pretty much similar to you. I mean, we were on the air. I said I, t- I was taking the over in the Colorado-Vegas game. It didn't look good, but as, as soon as we got off the air, actually, all of a sudden the over came in. I lost on a Twins game just like you. I was having a good day, a profitable day, a nice profit, until the Dodgers. Right? I said it. I was going to take the Dodgers and the minus well run and a half again on the, uh, the run and the money line. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> Kershaw didn't pitch well. Cueto pitched okay. They lose 5-4, and uh, they went my profitable day. Yeah, I I, uh, I tossed them together with the Padres. I'm like, why not? Should be fine. They both lost. So it was like, well, I guess at least both of you lost. But I, uh, I'm i ready to go back to the well today. Uh, in fact, with the these early games uh, over in the Major League Baseball slate, uh, the Nats had Steven Strasburg on the mound. Uh, I decided to just take the, the three big waves, George, and and pair them all together. I've got the Nationals with Strasburg. I've got the Mets with DeGrom, and I've got the Dodgers with Bueller uh, all together in a parlay. I, I didn't put them all together, but I have them all parlayed to some degree. Right, yes, right. I went the same there way as you. Right. I, 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 don't, I rarely do three-team parlays. i got news for you. If I would have thought about it, I probably would have done, done a similar as you, but I didn't even think about doing a three-team parlay with those three teams. But I have each one just like you. Strasburg, I think the question is, well, how deep into the game is he going to go? Right? I mean, first start of the year, three innings, five innings. Is he going to pitch count? 60, 75, 80, whatever it might be. Uh, frustrating game right now. When you and I were talking before the show, it was first and third, nobody out. Now it's first and third, two out. So already things are not going my way. 
Yeah, that is, uh, first of all, a leadoff double followed by a single, you'd almost like to think the run could get home. But then if it does, you're like, all right, well, it's fine. Even a ground, even a double play, even a double play should get the run. And you can't potentially get that frustrating start um, in that regard. But we're both on the Nationals um, as expected. Uh, if you guys have been following us here, George and I are not shy from some of these big favorites. Uh, there will be a couple more that fit that uh, description. Let's quickly, George, get people set up for these games that are about to get underway. Uh, here a couple of seconds away from first pitch in Philadelphia at the start of a doubleheader. Phillies Braves, minus 112 for the Phillies coming off of a win. Total is eight. Yeah, once again, this is the start of a doubleheader. So it's two seven-inning games. Bullpens will play somewhat of a role here. Braves, you know, against Velasquez. This might be Velasquez's first start this season with all the uh, cancellations they've had here. I, this is one of the games I lost yesterday because I went with the over. And it ended up being uh, Phillies didn't score. It was 5-0 Braves final, I believe, if I remember correctly. I'm going to go back to the well here. I'm going to go back to it. I'm not going to take the game. I don't trust either starting pitcher. But over eight, over eight, even in a seven-inning game, be about nine, nine and a half. It was a nine-inning game. I'm going to go with the over here. Give me over eight. And I like that it is plus money. I definitely think that that makes it a, an attractive option to that plus 116. Uh, but for those that aren't aware, certainly know that you are paying, uh, you're playing in a seven-inning game. Uh, we've also got the uh, the Yankees and the Rays. George Charlie Morton is a minus one fourteen favorite against Paxton. You on against the Yanks again here? I got lucky yesterday, right? Once again, and I'll thank you for this. You, come, uh, I lost on the. Uh, I bet on what the over a strikeout for Glass. Now that didn't come in. Bet on the Rays. That didn't come in. But you had convinced me. Not I me. Mean, it was convincing maybe a strong word, but you had mentioned that, hey, maybe the over here is going to happen here, and I bet that, and I got it pretty easily. So I feel lucky yeah. yesterday with that. You know, it didn't break even, but you know, it made the uh, no big deal as far as the loss. I, can we trust Paxton? I mean, he's been terrible his first two starts. I mean, he's been awful, completely awful. Yeah. And you know the Yankees' bullpen is a little fried yesterday. That's why in that second game of a doubleheader, they were throwing out there Abreu to try and uh, slow things down, Avilon to try and slow things down here. Not their best relievers. So I think that bullpen's a little fried here. So I, I do feel the raise again. Charlie Morton, he's their ace. Minus one fourteen, getting a good price. And Paxton's been horrible. I'm not going to touch the over under. All right, that was a mistake yesterday. But uh, the and the raise bullpen's a little fried as well. But give me the raise here again. I'm interested in this spot here. Um, the the two games that Paxton has pitched, the Yankees lost nine two, uh, and then they won nine seven. So those are two games that pretty easily would, would have cleared the total. And Charlie Morton has been interesting as well, right? You talk about the big three that the Rays put out there with this rotation. Uh, some would tell you that Morton is the best pitcher. His last outing was certainly his best outing, a 5-1 victory over the Red Sox. But even the first two games that he pitched in saw them lose the game 6-4 and then 7-4. He's not been great. Now, maybe uh, a sign of things to come in his last outing, certainly plausible here. I understand what you're saying. Maybe, uh, you know, tempting fate with this row, you know, but eight and a half in a Yankees game, especially if you think the Yankees are going to lose, right? That, to me, sounds like something I might be willing to back here. Expect runs. If Paxton gets blown up, maybe I only need two runs from the Yankees. As good as Charlie Morton can be. I think that's manageable, George. It is, but once again, more than his last two starts have been good. Right against Boston, you already mentioned he pitched well against Atlanta too. Uh, so, but this comes down to me, Paxton. As far as the, the win is concerned, I think Paxton's going to have problems. He's lost, he's lost two to three miles an hour of his fastball, sometimes more, and they don't know what that problem is. He thinks it's mechanical. He's tried some adjustments, which means he's still he's still fiddling around. He's still fooling around trying to figure out what's wrong here. So I'm worried about Paxton today. I do think the Yankees will hit Morton. I don't think he's going to shut them down. I don't. I think Morton's in line for, you know, three runs in five innings, three runs in six innings, something like that. You know, what's technically a quality start, which is another thing I could rant about. Three runs in six innings is a 4.50 ERA. How is that a quality start? Anyone Anyone explain this to me? 4.5 ERA, you're a fourth, fifth start. You might end up in the minor leagues. Whatever. Another one, another one of my little pet peeves here. Uh, so I, 
I don't mind the over here. I don't. I'm not going back to it because it didn't work out well for me. I got lucky with it yesterday, and I don't feel like uh, going back to that well twice here. Uh, but I think until I see Paxton pitch well, I'm not going to trust him versus a good team, especially when you're facing another good pitcher. Yeah, I think that that's – look, I think it's, I think it's fair. But for me, um, the question is, George, so say if I wanted to get involved with this total, am I better off attacking this from a first five? Or am I better off attacking this from a full game? Because if it looks like we're trying to maybe attack the, the um, if we look like we're trying to attack Paxton four and a half, then obviously now I don't, you know, it's only going to be Morton on one side here. But the Yankees, or rather the Rays, I should say, the first five money line is minus one twenty, where you really then can isolate almost, you know, Morton versus Paxton. That's interesting. I one thing I kind of like. First inning total runs. One run plus 340. I'm kind of in that. I'm kind of That's in three exactly and a half to one. one run. Now, maybe, maybe Morton hangs one and Judge doesn't know that he just missed that game winner yesterday. Uh, maybe he hangs one here. The end game's about to start here, but that's where I would go. One run. If Patrick starts walking people again, one run. I'm going to go with that. I think, I, think this is a, I think this is a game, though, George, that will provide us a number of live opportunities. That's kind of the way I feel about this game. We saw that yesterday, even throughout uh, the first half of that doubleheader, which we were on for. Um, I think it'll be a good game to try and identify those opportunities. The Mets game is on, but we both kind of let you know that we're, we're involved with back in this team, but through parlays uh, because they're such big favorites. But it is DeGrom, and they should be okay on the heels of a win. Let's quickly uh, mention the two other games that are live, one in the NBA at the end of one. The Thunder lead by nine, 32 to 23 over the Washington Wizards. That uh, spread now is up to 11 and a half. Only two points tacked on after they win the opening quarter by nine is a bit suspicious. If you had to jump in live, you would act the Thunder in that spot, not the Wizards. Uh, but I'm not necessarily sure that I'd be running to the window to do that. And the total of 220 and a half is not something uh, that I would be losing my mind in either direction. Uh, as presenting value. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, live total on his points prop is 16.5. I mentioned that because I am on his pregame uh, over hoping that he can uh, just kind of attack this Wizards defense. George, over on the ice right now, the Capitals lead the Bruins 1-0. Uh, they are currently minus 190 favorites to win this game. The total is 4.5. Yeah, this game, this is the last of the round robin games for uh, these two teams here. I believe the winner will play the Islanders in the uh, first round of the playoffs here. If that means anything to either team, anyone's guess here. I basically stayed away from these games for the most part. You know, I just didn't know. But in this game, I did bet the Capitals because the Bruins. I know they're banged up. It's really what it comes down to here. I think the Bruins are a team that just wants to survive the round robin now. And by survive, I mean no one get hurt. You know, we passed the neck. He's had issues. Marshawn issues, Rask uh, issues. Some of their three best players here. So I didn't think they were coming into this game all that interested. Uh, I have the Washington under and the Capitals in this game. So right now things are going well for me here. But I just think the Bruins are like, you know what? We're not going to have the first seed anyway. We're probably going to have the third or fourth seed, probably the fourth. You know, we'll deal with it. You know, we're not gonna, we don't have to play the Penguins anyway. They got eliminated already. So we're probably facing Carolina uh, if, if things go the way we expect them to go. And we're okay with that. You know, we're okay with facing Carolina. It's not facing a, a loaded Pittsburgh Penguins team. So I don't think they had a lot of motivation to even play today. The Nationals uh, get do not get any runs home. According to StatCast here, it looks like Michael Taylor hit the ball about as far as he could without getting a he grand did. slam and instead of the inning he coming did. to a close. That is right to the wall. Right to the wall yeah. and it was caught. I, I thought he might have had it. You know, mm-hmm. and then you see the out. You can always tell by the outfielder. You know, he's like, he's, you know, he pounds the glove. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he caught it right up the wall. And uh, Yankees have a runner on first, went out. Uh, LeMahieu singled. Judge hit one in the air, but uh, to right field. Never had a chance to go anywhere. The Nats minus 240 live, six and a half. I'm just trying to see if there's a way to jump. Because I, I, as much as, as frustrating as it is to leave the bases loaded in that spot, they can get to that team, George. Well, I mean, Wojciechowski, right? I think that's how you say his name. Um, I can't, his name looks so much like Adrian Wojciechowski. Like, that's always what I'm thinking. But to me, I just I think that they're, I don't know. Even if, I'd say this is the spot we've talked about it. If by some miracle the Orioles go up, and I don't even want them to because I don't even feel like tempting fate, we will come back around in the Nats. All right, one segment down. We're rolling out in game live. We'll be right back here on the grid. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. sportsgrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back right here on In Game Live on the grid. Kevin Walsh and George Kurtz. Feel free to hit us up over on Twitter. Let us know what plays you guys are on today. You can find myself over at the Kevin Walsh. You can find George at George Kurtz. Do hit us up over on Sports Grid at Sports Grid. A lot of platforms you can catch the grid these days. If you happen to be watching us on YouTube, feel free to comment down below uh, what you are on. Make sure you do subscribe to the channel and then keep up to date with everything that we've got going on over there when we're live, which is always because we are always. Live. We've got some action early here, uh, George, in this Yankees game uh, as they are threatening. Uh, no runs across the plate just yet, but it has moved them up to minus 164 live favor. Yeah, they have runs on second, third, one out, 3 1 count to uh, Voight here, as far as that's concerned. It looks like uh, Charlie Morton doesn't have his good stuff here. The double to Hicks was a hung curveball right down center cut that Hicks smashed. Uh, LeMahieu was more of an inside out hit down the first baseline. But uh, Luke Voigt, he's really still on four straight balls. Voigt had to swing at one here. So he doesn't have his good stuff yet. And once again, he just walked Voigt. This is what you see with uh, good starting pitchers. You have to get them early before they have the feel for the mound, for the feel for the baseball, and they start pitching better. But right now, Yankees, bases loaded, no one out here. As you and I were discussing during the break, Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, who had, uh, who had August 9th in the pool, by the way? Who had August 9th in the pool is the uh, day that Stanton gets hurt, put on the IL? Who had that? Wasn't me. Yeah, I had earlier. Well, I, yeah, my my dad probably had earlier too. I was telling you a little bit the other day about <laughs> how he feels towards then. It, it, it's 
Well, it gets frustrating. You obviously would like to see the guy stay healthy. Um, you know, you kind of made the comparison to Jacoby Ellsbury, which uh, breaks my heart to even think about, but there's some validity there, undeniably. Uh, it is what it is. He's getting hurt hopefully. now just running the bases. He did, that last year was the same injury, right? Going to second and third on, on a, he hurt the knee, I think, while sliding. You know, and now it's the same thing. Well, they said yesterday going to first and second on the wild pitch. That's when he pulled the hammy. I mean, and he's in great shape. And he lost about 15, yeah. 20 pounds. You can easily see that. Not that he was ever in bad shape, by the way, but he's in better shape, mm-hmm. I should say, than he was. Yeah. So, uh, listen, so there are some guys who just can't stay healthy, and he looks to be that guy now. And uh, comparing him to Ellsbury may be rough, but this is four or five injuries now in three years. I mean, he's missing significant chunks of time here, so I don't think it's yeah. that far off either. And the, you know, the thing is, and the reason why, why it's not like he wants to be hurt, obviously, but also, like, the, he looks like he spent the whole offseason like getting in great shape. Because there are some times where you, you ah, is this guy even trying different things? Like, Stanton seems to have put the work in, George, to try and, you know, keep himself healthy. But, look, sometimes, you know, Lady Luck is not on your side in that regard. And, you know, we're not going to overextend it here. Maybe they're just looking to be oh, – and that's the other thing, though, with the Yankees. They probably, with this guy, are so overprotective when it comes to his injuries because of the money and because of the way this season is, that they even saw a sign of it, and they were like, nope, IL, we're not dealing with it. Well, I think with the uh, – I mean, they have protected him. He hasn't played one inning in the field yet this year. Not that I can remember. He's been a DH every game. So they are trying to protect him there. Uh, but the Yankees may not score. Bases loaded, uh, one out. Torres hits a fly out. I mean, I am surprised that LeMayu didn't go on this. This is not a short fly. It's a medium fly ball, but – LeMayo didn't even try, and uh, maybe Renfro, they think he has a gun out there. He would have been safe if he did go. But uh, anyway, I think with Stanton, they've done everything they can. One thing I did notice uh, yesterday while we were watching, and I don't know if this had anything to do with it, by the way. I just uh, It did happen to catch my eye. Well, Stanton, both ends of a doubleheader. Hmm, okay. I thought that was a little yeah. odd. You know, that maybe you want to give, because they gave Judge a day off. I know Judge plays the outfield. It's, it's a little different, but they gave Judge a day off on uh, – what Thursday in one of the doubleheader games? I would have thought they might have get Stan- did the same thing with Stanton. They did not. I do wonder if it le- helped lead to that. Probably not, but maybe. Yeah. But it is what it is. The guy gets hurt a lot. It's why once again in fantasy leagues, they would drop Judge and Stanton were both dropping like flies. You weren't good. You could yeah. get them in the fourth, fifth round or deeper because we all knew the injury probably coming. Just a matter of time. You know, the most important ability when it comes to fantasy leagues, really any league, is availability. And Stanton, last couple of years, proves he doesn't have it. And remember, this is not just with the Yankees. He got hurt an awful lot with the Marlins, too. Yes, the one year he stayed healthy, monster year. And got him the monster contract, got him traded, too. You know, but generally, his career tells you he's going to get hurt. Yeah, it, it is true. Uh, George, let's quickly see if we can hit these 135 games, if people maybe uh, over in the baseball slate, if people are interested in getting after them. Uh, Jays, Red Sox. Total is 10. Yesterday, three runs scored between these two teams. Now Nathan Avaldi heads to the plate. Here's the thing with this Red Sox team. It just feels like every time you would expect a game with the Red Sox to go over, it just doesn't even get close. And in fact, of the 14 games that this team has played, they're three. Uh, it's 10-3-1 to the under right now. The games in Fenway are 5-1-1 to the under, and the Blue Jays themselves have been a big under team. Look, these are big offenses, but you're paying the price. In days where they just come out cold, these things sail under. You know, the question is, do you are you willing to play the under, or is this just enough to get you off of the over? It's definitely enough to get me off of the over. All right. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know if I've ever bet an under at Fenway. I just don't <laughs> know. Yankee score run as uh, Morton hit Ford. He hit four. Oh, jeez. So Yankee score. Yeah, right in the elbow. That had to hurt. Um, so I just, I don't know if I've, I'm trying to think. And maybe a Chris Sale start, I certainly could be, but the under also would be low. So, but I don't know if I've ever bet the under in Fenway because we all know that's a ballpark where, let's face it, there are some times you get that ball up in the air to left field, they're flying out. You know, but the Blue Jays are scuffling, right? They're obviously not hitting like we expect them to hit. And listen, J.D. Martinez has been terrible so far this year. Doesn't have a home run yet for the uh, Sox. Okay, so he's still having trouble getting under. Uh, getting going here. And a lot of people are speculating, and maybe even more of it speculating. A lot of players are, uh, offensive players are saying, 
the fact that they're not allowed to use video anymore, in-game video, but they're afraid once again, the asterisk, the sign stealing, they're going to do that again, is affecting some players. Not in that because they were cheating, but because now they can't, you know, is analyze their at-bats, find out how the, uh, the pitches are attacking them. I'm sure, once again, seeing the signals as part of this as well, by the way. But uh, I think that guy can be affecting some players as well. J.D. Martinez has come out and said, yes, this is hurting me. This is why I'm having trouble uh, in the early going at the plate. So maybe there are adjustments to be made here. I do think this over is high. I do. I thought it was high anyway. But I just don't know if I can pull this trigger in a game in Fenway. But this, because of both teams scuffling, because of the numbers you just brought up, yeah, the under, in my mind, would be the play here. It's funny because, Sam, you're not sure if you've ever played an under at Fenway. I don't know if I've ever bet an under in baseball. Like, I'm trying to think of one. I just prefer betting. Everybody likes betting overs more so. Like, if I think a game's going to go under, I'm like, yeah, I'm just It's like, what's the fun in that? It's very, very rare that I'll actually find myself. But we, we like overs because you can win that early. You can win the over in the first inning. Hey, monster uh, inning. They batted around. You get your over. Unders, you got to wait mm-hmm. nine innings. Oh, seven yeah, innings and a, and a doubleheader game. you got to wait. you got to wait for three hours. We're over. You mm-hmm. can say thing in football. You can hit the football over the third quarter. All right. I'm done. You know, I'll go yeah. get my sandwich here. Uh, but uh, we don't like – we're not a patient bunch. Let's face it. As Americans, we're not a patient bunch. We're a fast food microwave cool. society, and we want the uh, decision now, now, now. It's why DFS mm-hmm. uh, and, and was so popular over year-long fantasy. Gambling, same thing. We can find the results out now. In-game live is crazy. You can find the results out right now. All right, you can make yeah. a bet right now if you want. Find out literally in five minutes if you won or lost. You know, so I think that and it plays towards how we are as a society. Yeah. It's, and it's probably why the only true under I've ever bet, George, would be no runs in the first inning. Because that's technically an under, and it's probably the only time I've ever actually made that bet. Uh, I'll tell you one spot, though, where unders go to die, evidently. The best offense in all of baseball, the Detroit Tigers. My goodness, this team can't stop scoring. That total is nine. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I need to. Check my head here, but the Pirates at plus one twenty-five, a little buyback spot. What do you think? Uh, you know, we talked about this game yesterday until you brought it up, and I guess we should have, uh, or I should have gone with Detroit again. I did think about it, but in the end, didn't pull that trigger. I've looked at this game a couple of times. I'm like, mm. both teams are hot now offensively. I don't think I would bet the game. I don't know if I trust either one there. Nine. I mean, the number's right. Don't get me wrong. The number is right. You're playing in. Pittsburgh, NPNC, pitches ballpark. Neither team has really any offensive players you would like uh, on anybody. Josh Bell's not hitting at all for the Pirates here, but they're scoring runs. I think I'm going to go with a small amount, nothing big, but yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ride the streak. I'm just going to ride the streak. I have no nothing I can tell you, no analyzation that says, oh, yeah, you should definitely take this because of this reason, that. They're just both teams are scoring runs. They're both teams are bad. Their bullpens are bad. So, yes, I'll ride the streak. Give me the over. All right, then. Tigers uh, offensively stay hot. Let's get you guys updated then uh, throughout that live board. Yankees with the one nothing lead uh, are now are only minus 118 favorites. Are they out of that inning? The Rays are up now? They must be. They're out of the inning. Rays are up. It's a uh, 2-1 count to, I think, uh, young, I think Diaz from the looks of it here. I just, I'm trying to look at Paxton's velocity. That's what I want to see, how fast he's going. They put it now on the S screen. His average velocity last season, 95.4. This season so far, 91.8. His last fastball was 93. Cut the middle there. So he's still off a couple of miles here uh, to find it, figure out what is wrong. Why isn't he throwing as hard? Is it because of the second ramp up? Is he is dead arm? Is he just not quite there yet? And he'll get better uh, maybe late August, September? We'll wait and see. Yeah, he's got to start to, uh, to sort that out. The Mets are down to minus 172 favorites because I see the Marlins have two on. but. Again, you know, nobody out, but still easy double play there. That's a, a number that jumps out to me a little bit, but not a ton of value from, from really the pregame. The Nats are up to minus 385. I know they have one on with nobody out. Do they have – I don't know if you have that game on back there. There's nobody on for the uh, Nats. Uh, they, they must have been a double play. There's two outs, nobody on here, bottom third, yeah. no score. Yeah, so that was definitely a double play there, which brings that down to minus uh, 300. On the ice, caps remain up one nothing. Totals down to three and a half. I mean, is this really just a nothing game? It's pretty. I mean, technically, no. It's not a completely nothing game. But Nima team's getting the number one buying. They're getting the third and fourth seed here. Like I said, it comes down to: Do you want to play the Islanders? 
if you want to play the Islanders, you win the game. If you don't want to play the Islanders, you lose the game. You know, so that kind of thing there. Uh, I guess which team you'd rather play here. But I, I keep telling you all, over and over again. I've said this, by the way, for, before every Boston game. I think they're just trying to survive. Once again, they banged up. Once they had no chance at the number one seed, I don't think they cared anymore. It's just, we just don't get hurt. Yeah, we'll play a little hockey. It's why I took the under here. Neither team has been scoring in this round robin. And I think the Boston Bruins just don't have that any kind of motivation here whatsoever. It's why I took the Caps. I took the Bruins. It's the one game that's definitely going my way so far. Over in the NBA, the Thunder lead 45-29 halfway through the second. Uh, that number is up to 16 and a half. Uh, that game is back under action now. A couple points. We'll move that a little bit there. 215 and a half is the total. We'll wait till halftime there. Maybe we'll see some value on the board in that game. But we're coming up against the break here on in-game live. When we come back, we'll continue to look through the live board, see if there's any value out there. Win you some money. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Back in action right here on In Game Live, Kevin Walsh and George Kurtz are on the break listening to the musical uh, stylings of a one Phil Collins as brought to us by George's phone, which is always an absolute treasure. I'll tell you, George, it's starting it. Because, you know, we the other day I discovered, right, that you are a similar age of my dad, both massive Thurman Munson fans. Now I'm listening to Phil Collins off the phone. I remember he had the, you know, the ring back when you call somebody and the music plays. He had Air in the Night by Phil Collins. You know, I just, I feel like every single person that grew up in that time, like, it's just the same. Well, it makes sense. Your dad and I do seem to be alike, by the way, right? Apparently, we both yeah. left Thurman Munson. Uh, coming in the air tonight uh, by Phil Collins, uh, not Genesis. It's probably my favorite song. I am actually a bigger Genesis fan than Phil Collins fan. Uh, it's funny, uh, for those who don't know, Peter Gabriel was the, the original lead singer of Genesis. He left in the 70s, Phil Collins, who was the drummer, took over. I prefer Gabriel, Gabriel's solo stuff to Collins' solo stuff, for the most part. But for, as far as the group is going on, 
I prefer uh, Genesis uh, very much with Phil Collins over Genesis with Peter Gabriel. Is it this what we grew up on? It's just how we grew up. Land of Conf- <laughs> we had Land of Confusion in the background. Uh, that's probably my, that might be my favorite video to watch. You haven't seen a Land of Confusion video, people? It's with Muppets about Ronald Reagan, how he's going to, you know, because Ronald Reagan was thought to be senile when he was president, how he was going to accidentally hit a hit the nuke button rather than the nurse button. Yeah, the, the video is fantastic. <laughs> but, yes, uh, Genesis is my favorite band, and uh, Phil Collins is certainly one of my favorite singers. Just uh, just, just what I enjoy. I'm a rock guy. You know, it's going to be Genesis. Give me the English bands. Genesis, Queen, Zeppelin, Floyd, The Who, Stones, uh, Van Halen, I like ZZ Top, U2, Weird Al, U2? as everybody knows. Yeah. I remember we had the, the U2 CD always in the car. I kind of grew up like a U2 fan because that's always what my dad would listen to. Yeah, Big I mean, on uh, Bono. They're a great band. They're, and it's, how can you not like U2? I mean, really, how can you not like them? They have so many good, top good songs. So, yeah, yeah I'm a U2 guy. Uh, I've been to a, I don't, uh, haven't been to any concerts lately. They just, lots of things are too expensive. The last concert I went to was actually Weird Al last year. Hmm. And damn it, I enjoyed it. I don't care. I'm the sure it was a blast. Oh uh, yeah, he's uh, incredibly talented. He's funny. I I, I agree. He makes me laugh. Took my daughter to her first con uh, to her first concert. Did Jacob Degrom get out of this jam here? I'll tell you, if the Marlins beat Jacob Degrom, that would I quit me quite a bit. That would upset me. So here's the thing, George. I I, I was waiting to bring this game up. It is it is again. It is a classic. Classic game for you and I. Minus 160 for Jose Barrios to beat the Royals and basically not get swept by the Royals. I mean, that feels low. I, it was, and it was minus 150 ish. It's moved up a bit. That, that feels very, very manageable. I agree with you, but every game of the series has been more than manageable for Minnesota, right? I mean, have we yeah. not liked every game in this series? Yet the Royals are Absolutely. I mean, yeah. what's amazing is, I guess I think because I felt so confident in Minnesota over the Royals in both these games, I barely watched the games. Because I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. a win. I don't have to watch it. You know, I'll, I'll watch some, another game. You know, and then I look, what? what? The Royals won again? How? How? Oh. I mean, the Royals yeah. should have won two games in this series, more or less two out of three. He's going to get Singer. Uh, young pitcher, prospect for the Royals, did well, did well so far this season. I mean, I agree with you. And yes, I bet it again. If it's, if it's another Reds weekend, if it's another Rays weekend, yeah, maybe it's not the Reds. Maybe it's the R's that are that are killing me. Rays, mm. Reds, Red Sox. Maybe that's it. Just don't bet the Rangers. Maybe that's how I have to play this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I went I went back to the well here with Barrios. Once again, I I do try and separate Kevin other losses. And uh, you know, treat every game sure. as its own here. Not, oh, I'm not betting the Twins because I lost two straight. I'm not going to bet the Reds because I lost three straight. I do try and take that out of the equation here. Berrios is a very good pitcher. I wouldn't call him an, an ace. He's not He's not the Grom, not Cole, uh, Strasburg, Scherzer. He's not guys like that. But he's maybe a little level down here, you know, top 15, top 20 pitcher here. Are they going to get swept by uh, KC? I, I have to think no. So, yes, I went back to the well. I did go back to the well here. I, I, using this phrase a lot. Uh, I went back here. Give me the Twins if they get if they get swept. Uh, I just don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and I I've tried to be better about these spots where you go to yourself. Ah, there's no way, and then you find out very much so there is a way. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I like. I I've tried to be better about those spots. But there are some of them where, I mean, the idea of of it going that other direction just feels like inconceivable. Um, me. Did that game start? Am I crazy? Here it says that that's a 205 game, and then ESPN makes it that that game is about a start. That's a 205 game. Am I wrong? Kansas rain City delay. is always a 2 o'clock start. Uh, is it a rain delay? I don't know, ESPN is saying a rain delay in the top of the first. That doesn't make. Well, like it would like make I'm... sense if they're saying that uh, if the game, they, if it's already been announced, the game will not start on time. Then they would say rain delay. You know, okay. sometimes they do give you even you know, half out for the game that the game's not going to start on time. So maybe that's the reason here. But that, yeah, there's no, there hasn't been a pitch thrown or anything. But that's good because I would much rather a rain delay before a game than during a game. That's when what? I freak out during a game because then you might lose barriers after two innings, and now it's a bullpen game, and you know I wouldn't trust that. So I'm not freaking out yet, but this will be something to watch here about what's going on. 
Yeah, let's take a look here. It does look like there is a little bit uh, of weather involved there. Uh, first pitch has been moved to one thirty Central Time, so 2.30 uh, for the East Coast, uh, if you guys are kind of working off East Coast time zone. So 2.30 now, start, uh, start time out there. That's a good little note. Gives us some more time uh, before we need to get into that game. But it, it is a game I as well fully am expecting to be on. And in fact, there's another game starting around a similar time. Now, I've been good here. And in fact, it probably cost me some money. But I've not come back to this team. But Sonny Gray at plus money feels like a nice spot. Well, really, he's good. It's, just a, it's a battle of aces. Woodruff is also really good. So I might be a little careful here, but the numbers for Gray are off the charts. Every start's an ace, right? Every start's a great start for him. He hasn't had a bad start in what seems like forever here. So I would agree. Plus 102, for the most part, even money here. I don't blame anybody for going for it here. One thing I want to check out for both players here is one of those games, uh, strikeout totals, overs. See if I get a good number here, and my system seems to be very slow. Here we go. Uh, Sonny Gray, you're getting, ooh, seven and a half. Ooh, I don't like that. Woodruff's five and a half. Minus, what, minus 166. Yeah, I'm not going to be taking either one of those. That would have to, I'd have to parlay that with something else. Maybe parlay both. Mm. But anyway, seven and a half seems to, be, seems to be awfully high for Gray here. The Brewers do swing and miss a bunch. Yeah. I, I could think about it here, but I'm not, I'm not going to pull that trigger. Red's bats have been okay in this series. Um, they've been attacking early, which is what we've seen from them. Uh, in, in yesterday's game, they had the, the three-run homer in the first inning. Uh, and then in that game that they won 8-3, they scored in uh, early on in that game as well, six runs in the second inning. So one of those interesting, you know, you maybe bet Reds to score first. Now, it will be minus money. That is the difference. Because they bat first. That is one of the, the things that will change it. But I'm curious if we can see. Uh, let's see. Where is that? Or first. Like, you never know where that's going to be. Because there's so many different props. But I know that that is usually one of them. Uh, total runs. Team to score first. Reds are minus 136. Like. I don't know. Is it, am, I, am I at that point kind of overthinking it a little bit in a way where I'm now laying juice on a team that's a dog? I'm probably not going to go. Only because the, uh, the pitcher of Milwaukee. I think Woodruff has good stuff. And he, they, once again, he's not an ace. He's the ace of the team, but he's not an ace-ace. He's really probably more of a low-end number two for most teams here. But uh, yeah. he's good enough to get through a couple of innings where maybe the Brewers score first. You know, this is a home run ballpark. One hanging curveball will lead to a run for either team. I, think, I do think the Reds win the game, mind you. Uh, so I'm probably more on board with Gray over Woodruff as far as the plus 102 than I am on them scoring first. Yeah, that'll be one to, uh, to follow. we got a little bit of time before we need to make a call there. I've been trying to quietly follow along Jacob deGrom attempting to get out of a bases loaded jam. Uh, Jonathan Villar, top of the order, is up. For the Marlins, with the base is juiced, but there are two outs here, uh, and he's got Villar in an 0-2 count. And this is the thing with an ace. Now, I don't have the game on, so I'll be a little bit behind, but you know he has an 0-2 count. You expect him then to not get beat. He's going to make Villar have to you know, look off some very tough pitches, some bad pitches, probably, though, uh, you know, if he's going to really try and beat him there. So, and he's now fouled off three in a row as Villar. You know, three good pitches from DeGrom. Interestingly enough as well, the line is back available. It's at, wow, he must have just got him out, though, as it goes to minus three one. Must have just got him out. Do you have that on there, George, by chance? I do not. I can. Ding. Ding, 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 ding. One of the powers of What channel these games are on. Yeah, right? Uh, it's, it's a commercial, so he must have gotten out of it. Okay, fantastic then. Uh, from DeGrom, gets out of that. Uh, yep, and I'm seeing it here. He got Villar to ground out the second. So he now gets out of that jam. You'd like to see the Mets uh, wake up, though. Uh, no, I shouldn't say wake up, but only the bottom of the second. But start to bring uh, some offense to the table there. We are at the uh, the 47 ha- pitches in those two winnings, by the way. Mm, yes. That's not good. 
That's not good. Because oh that's God. the problem with it, right? You bet this Mets team because of DeGrom. If he's only going to be able to go five, now you're really, you know, changes the, the, calcula- the calculus here a little bit. It I don't say I want to say He's probably only going five now. And even that might mean yeah. we saw it yesterday, right? Garrett Cole couldn't get the win for the Yankees and when he had a five run lead because he had over a hundred and five hundred and six pitches and four yeah. plus. So we were talking the about the same thing game. Here. I was yeah, I was surprised that, that, when he got Cole. He got listen, he had that one long at bat and he the tire a little bit after that and they started to hit him a little bit, get better at bats, and that's the way this went. And he went, that's probably the Marlins game plan coming in here. Make the ground work, get him out, attack the Mets bullpen. It's been a problem all year long, so it's yeah. it's a good game plan. Maybe the live over then though is is a way for us to look at this game. Totals down to six. It was a low total coming into the game. That might be an interesting way to look at this game. Now if we're going to expect Degrom to potentially be leaving soon. That'll be something to keep our eyes on. Thunder Wizards, by the way, is at the half, sixty four to forty eight. The Thunder lead that game. They're laying sixteen and a half right now. The total. Is at 221 and a half when we get back here on the next segment. We'll update you on those lines, see if there's any value out there uh, as across the board as well. Keep it right here in Game Live rolls on. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Welcome on back here to In Game Live on the grid Sunday afternoon. Kevin Walsh and George Kurtz will get you quickly updated over in OKC, Washington. 64-48 is the halftime lead for the Thunder, and looking for some value in this game, guys. Vandal showing this live total at 221.5, maybe a point or two topped on from where this game was pregame. I think there might be some juice to this second half over. So you got 112 points in that first half with the Thunder offensively looking great, and really nothing should stop that from the second half. Like They don't have 
performances where you go, oh, okay, like they didn't like they shot well from three, they shot well from three, but it's something that I think can continue. The ease that which they were able to score can probably continue. And yeah, look, they got you know Darius Baisley gave him fourteen, Mike Moscala gave him eleven, but Chris Paul only scored five. Shagildas Alexander only scored eight, so they should still be able to score a little bit. And I think maybe they let up a touch defensively and some positive uh, regression from the three-point line for the Wizards, who shot 5 of 20 in that opening half. I think this game can get over that 109.5, which is pretty much what you're paying for a second half over-under. I think this can get over that number. I think it's a good play there, guys, Uh, and it's going to be one that I am on uh, as well. So take a look at this live over here in this Wizards-Thunder game. There should be points. There were points in that first half. Uh, I'm expecting more of the same in the second uh let's take a look over on the hockey side of things uh george i know again i I, even though i know it's again that you're not overly involved in it's just worth bringing up as there's one period left to play here caps lead the bruins one nothing they are minus 270 favorites the total of three and a half is plus 175 to the over if i were just playing this game for the sake of playing it that kind of plus money would intrigue me a little bit, but I don't know. Still probably could be a losing bet there. Anything at all in this game jumping out for you? Not in-game. I've watched the game a little bit there. The Bruins just had a power play uh, before the period ended here. They moved it around well, but you know, so if you play hockey, you know, even if you have no interest, power play is still fun. You, know, you get that extra guy that you're going to move the puck, you're going to shoot the puck there. Uh, like I said, it just doesn't mean anything. And I, do the, I think for a lot of these guys – they're treating this round robin sort of like the end of spring training. All right, let's go. When's the, when do the games start? When is it real? Well, the end of a regular season when you've already clinched the playoffs, when do the playoffs start? You know, just get through it. That's all it is here. It's why, it's why I took the under. It's why I took the Caps. I just think there was very little motivation here for the Boston Bruins. Really not much more for the Washington Capitals. The under was the, uh, the fact that neither team had motivation. I took the Capitals because I think the, uh, the Bruins, once again, Pasternak, Marshawn, Rask, all banged up. Just don't want these guys doing anything stupid here, right? Don't don't aggravate the injuries, that sort of thing. Stay healthy. The real season starts on Tuesday, so that that was the uh, I said that was the motivation for going with the uh, the uh, the under and the Capitals in this game. One nothing. I mean, it's actually uh, listen, guys. Can we have some motivation here? One nothing's a little scary here because the Capitals aren't really mm-hmm. doing anything on offense either. Once again, I think they're also saying, "Let's go." When does the season start on uh, Tuesday? Let's get this over with. So I think right now the under, I think, is a mortal lock here. I don't think there's any way, other than both teams pulling the goalies and putting a garbage cannon net, where I missed that. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't shock me if the Bruins scored late and then maybe win it not in a shootout, something silly like that. For you, would, do you care if the Bruins go winless in this reset at all? Do you, do you think that that can come back to bite them? I wonder this, because I wondered this coming in. They got screwed. Right, they got screwed here in the fact they, they had the number one seed in the NHL, not just the Eastern Conference, the NHL locked up before the pandemic. They had a 10-point lead. They were never going to lose that in eight games. Never going to happen. Now, they're like they're, the best thing they can do is the number three seed in the East. They're, when they lose this game, they'll be the number four seed. So they got screwed. Any way you look at it, they got screwed, and they know it. So I, I do wonder if this is on the back of their minds. Listen, it could go the other way as well, and they can be angry about it. All right. You screwed us over, now we're going to you know, kick the tar out of everybody. right? We're going to destroy teams now in the playoffs here. Carolina, we're playing you first round. We're going to send you back to Carolina, your tail between your legs, that sort of thing. So you don't know what they're going to do. It could be the opposite. Uh, you know, The NHL, there's nothing going our way now. And just, you, know, you get down on yourself when you start playing. And that happens when you play sports. Even professionals, same thing. Uh, things start to snowball. And things have snowballed against them right now. So I'm going to see how it goes. Uh, I'm certainly going to want to do a lot of reading up on those players who I mentioned. I heard those players are playing, but I just don't think they're at full strength. I think the reason they're playing is they get the legs under them, more important than anything else. Get up the game speed here. But I am worried about the Bruins. Yes. Listen, I was always worried about them, Kevin, because they're a one-line team. Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak. It's one of the best, if not the best line in the NHL. Tuka Rask is an uh, outstanding goalie, especially in the playoffs. He's a money goaltender and was having a great season. So, yeah, I worry about them anyway because one-line teams tend not to go very far. But the Bruins have done well with it. You know, teams have had a, just such a hard time stopping that line, even though you know 
what you have to do. They still haven't been able to stop it, and Rask has been great. But uh, would it shock me if they go out meekly to Carolina next round, assuming that's who they play, and they lose in six games? Not one little bit. Yeah, I, I think there's something as well to where, you know, if they didn't take the restart serious enough, then did they get the benefits of being able to shake off some rust? It's very dangerous. See, like I, I know how, I can speak to it very well in the NBA about people that can and cannot flip on switches. LeBron can flip on a switch. There's no problem there. We saw him do it yesterday against the Patriots. I mean, even in the game they lost, you just you saw he can still do this, and he's fine. He's the best player on the court. I don't know, George. What's the confidence level in you know certain teams being able to do that in hockey? Are the Bruins a team that you look at that can flip on a switch? Because as far as the mindset you spoke to there, which I think is accurate, of you know, do they say, all right, you know what, screw you guys, we're going to go out there and dominate, or man, this isn't fair. Well, through three games, very much so, man, this isn't fair. Or at least they didn't care enough. But now they're going to have to flip on a switch. Do you trust them to be able to do that? I don't listen. We, we, nobody knows what, what this, what's going to happen here. Nobody knows. All right, everything's been screwed up. You had four months off. Now you had a, a quick ramp up, which I'll be honest, the ramp up actually time was about the same as they would train at camp. But in hockey, hockey's like the year-round sport. A lot of these guys would have been playing in the Canada Cup or other tournaments in Europe and in Canada. They just keep playing all year round. They don't get a hell of a lot of rest. So the fact that the training camp went the same amount of time doesn't equate because they weren't playing hockey before that. Most of these guys couldn't skate. Like the rest of us couldn't go to a, a rink and skate around. And how many guys have a rink in their backyard where they're skating? None. All right, even in Canada, you're not doing that. It's not that cold in Canada in the summer. So uh, I do think that, yes, uh, you don't know. You just don't know what was going to happen because we've never seen this before. It's never happened before. I think it is affecting the Bruins because, once again, coming into this, they had those injuries, and I think the coach told them, all right, guys, take it easy. I don't care. Right, the round robin, be great if we win, but if we don't, we'll, we'll be all right. Because that, that's the way I would approach it. I, don't, I wouldn't want Marshawn, who tweaked something. The NHL is a big believer in state secrets. They don't tell you anything as far as injuries. It's lower body, upper body. That's it. So when they say lower body, you assume he tweaked a hamstring, a calf, a groin, something like that, a knee. And I'm sure they told him, listen, because he played. You play, skate, get your legs under you, but don't do anything silly. You know, don't extend yourself. Don't pull or tear that muscle away. Now you can't play around one. I think that's how Boston is sort of saying it. I think the fact that, once again, I, think, I don't think people realize what a huge thing it was that Pittsburgh got eliminated. You know, because now the number four seed would have had to play Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh is a, was a really good team. You can also make an argument that they got screwed. Charlie Morton coming out of the game at Tampa Bay with an injury, by the way. All right, I didn't oh, see what wow. happened there. We've been talking, but he's leaving with the trainer here, so something happened there. Uh, of course, it did. Another fantasy uh, guy I have. But I think that uh, people sort of uh, a breath of fresh air. <sighs> no Pittsburgh. Mm. You don't have to face Sidney Crosby. You don't have to face Malkin. Right? And listen, I'm, I, this is not a knock on Carolina, but they're not the Penguins. You know, the Islanders are not the Penguins. Uh, Canadians are certainly not anybody. They carry Price and a whole bunch of guys. See what happens here. So I think it's uh, and whoever wins the maybe people don't want to play Toronto because they're they're that fun team. They might score six goals. They might give up ten, but they're going to score six goals. They can run and gun. Well, whoever wins that game later on tonight. So I think it's a breath of breath of fresh air for Boston. They're like coming in today. You know what? Fine, we lose. We play Carolina. We win. We play the Islanders. They're both similar teams. They're hardworking teams. Either way, we'll be able to take care of business there. But I think that's the way Boston came in today, where they may be thinking. This doesn't start the round two now where we'll beat Carolina, we'll beat the Islanders, and then round two we may have to go play at Tampa Bay, a Washington, yeah. you know, one of the big boy teams. So I think that's how Boston uh, is approaching this. Yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, how that does continue to develop. I'll quickly, guys, bring up uh, the 2 o'clock game over in the NBA in case you are looking uh, to play over in that one pregame. Memphis catching seven points. From the Toronto Raptors, about a 210 start here. The total uh, is 221 and a half. This is a tough game now because this is what we expected from these eight restart games here is you're trying to now handicap motivation. Of course, Memphis is going to be ready. Of course, they're going to want this game. It doesn't matter if the Raptors want it as well. They're better than it. the Raptors are just better. And when they're locked in defensively, they can completely stifle this map. Memphis offense that is coming on the back of a 121-point performance against the Thunder, where the Raptors can really 
slows them down. But we saw in their last game against the Celtics, they just did not have it. I mean, they came out and scored 14 first quarter points. They let the Celtics offensively in quarters two and three and four just do whatever they wanted. So it's difficult to play these games when you know motivation is a factor, right? Like Pelican Spurs, that's going to be played at three o'clock. Both teams need the game. Okay. You're, you're not all, oh, well, do they need this? Do they need, both teams need the game. Okay. There's no two ways about it. You can, you know, it's just about whether or not you think the Pelicans are three and a half points better, or you think maybe the Spurs are alive at plus 140. Grizzlies Raptors is about, do you think the Raptors show up? That's tough, but it's a good spot for in-game betting. If you can see in the first quarter that the Raptors are locked in, maybe you'll have lost some value there, but you can still jump back in live. And if you see that the Raptors are not locked in, okay, well, now the Grizzlies are live. Again, you guys have to decide what kind of betters you are when it comes to these NBA restarts. Do you like to try and put the guesswork in a little bit, think that you know how much a team will or will not care? Okay, because you can then beat the market to these numbers. Maybe the Raptors should be laying 10 off of a loss, and they're going to be motivated here. Or maybe they won't care at all, and the Grizzlies at plus 245 is the best bet of the day. And if you guys feel confident in either direction, then go for it. I don't. We're here for another two hours. I'll have time to watch these in-game numbers, and then we'll be able to react off of that. That's exactly what I plan on doing. That's one hour down here, guys, of in-game live. We come back. We've got two more to go right here on the grid. Be right back after these quick breaks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.